Welcome back to another episode of the Lead with Data podcast with myself, Rena Gami. In addition to being a podcast host, I also lead a business intelligence and data analytics recruitment practice. This is the podcast where I bring you some of the most talented data leaders who have contributed in significant uplift of BI and data analytics capabilities in some of the most progressive organizations across Australia. I want to share the stories of their careers, challenges they faced, and the reality of how the recent pandemic may or may not have impacted their roles and responsibilities in their current organizations. Here's where we get to learn what some of the professionals in this field are doing right now. In this week's episode, we talk about data governance, which seems to be a bit of a trending topic at the moment. So I'm really looking forward to sharing the discussion that I have with um, my guest on the show today, who's Sandeep Shankar. Sandeep is the head of data enablement at iSelect. He's got an um, awesome career where he's worked for some um, well-known large corporates and held a number of um, data roles um, throughout his career. His current focus is around um, driving data enablement for iSelect. And uh, we have a really fun and interesting discussion around this topic, um, which I'm hoping that will highlight to you how interesting this space is. Um, And we're only at the start of the um, journey, I think, with data governance, and we're scratching the surface with it. And I think it's the next uh, best thing in the data industry. Thank you so much, um, Sandeep, for joining me today. Thanks, Rina. Thanks for thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for inviting me on your show. Excellent. Look, I thought um, for today's episode we would cover off a topic I think is is trending at the moment. I mean, there's a number of things in the data world that people are talking about, but I think um, the topic that we're going to cover off today certainly is something um, that I think you know that the listeners and organizations would be really interested in hearing your views on it um, and and more about it. And and the topic that we're sort of going to cover today is data governance Um, and not just only alone data governance, but, you know, what what, what does it mean and what do you need to do to make things happen? How can you incorporate that into your organization? Um, So, yeah, so look, I'm really excited uh, about the topic today. And like I do with all my um, episodes, I'll get you to start off and just give us a quick introduction into your background, Sandy. Thanks, Rina. Uh, I think I concur with you. Data governance is quite trending, and it's it's changed it's changed face a bit in the last couple of years, and started to become more important. And one of the reasons why I am in this trade of data, and I like governance, as I consider one that is one of my expert expertise areas. So, a bit of background is I've been um, working in the data industry here in Australia for about 11, 12 years now. So done roles right up from um, doing, you know, hands-on data analyst roles right up to doing uh, some governance department uh, management and now heading up a full data department here in my current role. So I've done, you know, I've done the journey from uh, how data is created to how you sell it to executives and how you make the best use of it. So different variety of roles in data. Uh, Why I was in data is a bit of an interesting story I would like to say. When I was, you know, I was, when I was young, um, one of the subjects, many people say the subject that I hated was maths. Uh, My favorite subject was maths. Uh, I, you know, uh, that used to come seamlessly to me and I used to get the best uh, results out of that subject. And it, I never thought that that would become a career, but then when some data roles came through, I did a couple of app development roles early in my career. I have to safely say, I don't put those on my resume. (laughs) I mean, that did not really give me the real excitement in there. When I started first getting into a data discipline, it was all numbers and numbers producing some outcomes. And that was fascinating. I said, you know, how could data help uh, people achieve something? And that's why I said, okay, let's explore it more. And I ended up going a bit deeper into it. And that's where I am today. And yeah, and uh, family-wise, I've got a I've got a young boy. So in our uh, current working climate, uh, it's it's been very beneficial. Last two years, I've spent a lot of time with family and stuff. Of, of course, COVID has been bad in some ways, but COVID has been good in that way. Like it's given a lot of uh, work-life balance and stuff. So I'm quite liking the arrangement, starting to get a bit more into the office life of things. Um, yeah. And looking forward to the change. Excellent. That's, that's a bit about me. Thank you. Thank you. And I suppose, um, you know, you, you mentioned you've worked in a, a number of data, different roles across your, your career. How did you, how did you get more into the, or how did you fall into the data governance side? Um, of it, or what was your interest in terms of moving more into that space? So, um, before so uh, starting that, we need to um, 
here. Uh, some people ask, what is data governance? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, when I started uh, thinking of doing a governance role, first thing happened by, uh, first role in data governance happened by accident. You know, there was an opportunity that came up. I wanted to go into a, you know, there's a point in your career where you make some choices. So either you go a technical route in your career and or you go a leadership route. Uh, as a person, I thought, you know, my thing was I used to like uh, interacting with people. I used to understand people leading teams and stuff. So I'm going the leadership group. First role that came about me was related to governance architecture. And I said, yeah, let's give it a go. And uh, we need to understand what is governance. And I started reading a bit about governance and said, governance is a set of policies and uh, system system procedures that help you make best, you know, make... Uh, help you create uh, and uh, procure data in the organization, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, All the yeah. definitions that you would find on Google. And what, with experience, what I realized was I, I sort of made my own definition of governance. Data governance is something that makes uh, data easier to create, consume, and uh, interpret. And I said, okay, so data governance is something that helps people make the best use of data. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a big challenging field. Like people used to should not say people used to not very like very much talking to a governance guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it will. It's sometimes it was often called a no function, and it, it's a bit of a challenge, right? And I started my journey there, and I said, how can we uh, get governance to a stage where uh, it can go coincide with all the valuable pieces of work? Like, how can you start a data analytics projects and say that okay, give me a flavor of governance also in this? How can we get people to buy into this? I thought that was a real interesting field because it was producing outcomes out of uh, data and then we could see the value of governance grow as well. Yeah. So that's that's where I started. And um, yeah, uh, and in the last two, three years when the industry started appreciating governance a bit more, um, I thought it was a really good field to be in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, I think the moment people mention the word governance, whether it's related to data or any other you know, sector or professional, I think people immediately go, you know, they, they go straight to compliance, audit, control, you know, those are the things that come come to mind. But I, and that's why I was really, you know, really um, pleased that you wanted to discuss this topic, because I think it will, um, you know, give people like me and, and people who don't necessarily understand what data governance is from a non-data background, but also people within data governance to actually see how they can really contribute and have such a positive impact on the overall data vision within an organization. Um, so, so you know, yeah. it's an interesting point, right? I, I, you mentioned, I, I definitely wanted to bring this up. You already mentioned yeah. it about, you know, once you're reading about governance, you've thought, oh, it's a compliance exercise. It's a risk exercise. Yeah. I see governance with two lenses. It's e- easy to split it up in two lenses. Uh, you know, for first lenses, uh, I call it the offensive part of governance. Offensive part of governance is your, business glossaries, your data lineages, whatever is the impacts that are visible in front of people. And actually what sells is the defensive part, like the compliance risk and stuff is what really makes governance accepted in an organization. Mm -hmm. Now you see benefits from the other side, but to realize that benefits, you have to get governance on the table. To get governance on the table, for me, the sides that you said, the compliance risk, because every organization wants to operate in a safe manner. Yeah. what what's what's the biggest uh, fear for a person who's a CEO of an organization? The biggest fear for a person is something being something happening to the data that is stored. Correct. And how do you get the security? As a real life example, right? We we all uh, we all take insurances in our life. Um, we pay a lot for our insurance, and when we turn back, my my personal policy is if I have paid whatever money for about till I'm sixty, uh, and I've not used the insurance, that's fine. Like you know, I'll be really happy having. As you say, wasted yeah. the money. I'll be really happy, happy yeah. having it. It's like the insurance to be a bit, um, you know, a bit more free in your life, right? So insurance in those risk and compliance domains is the same. Once you set a good uh, uh, governance foundation, that has covered your risk, compliance, and all the other bits. If I give you some policies that you say that okay, I want to go forward and move with making best use of data, making sure my backyard is covered. So you sell using the defensive parts, and then you get value using the offensive part. Is my yeah. Is my thought, school of thought. Yes. Yeah, and that's a really good explanation. I think, um, yeah, I think you you nailed the explanation there in terms of why people should view it as um, almost a, a protective assurance around what you're doing um, yeah. and to try and mitigate things that might come up as well or, or that safeguard the things that could come up. So, yeah, no, awesome. Um, so I suppose getting more into <clears throat> the data governance side, 
how do you get buy-in um you know when you when you're in an organization or you're in this role it's very tough very simply <laughs> can we have one line it's very tough to get buy-in <laughs> so um when you go into a governance role right when you go into other roles you get a you get a you've got a pd obviously you've got a pd saying this is what you are uh, going to do in the organization uh, but in governance some roles even start with saying okay we are uh, bringing you in to do data governance mm-hmm. it's happened to me uh, yeah. we bring in to, uh, you to do data governance but we need you to tell us why we need to do data governance as well it's confusing right okay you have come into this organization now i'm being asked to justify why governance is needed yeah that's yeah. where the buy in uh, starts and for me the buy in starts from the absolute top you know governance my approach to governance anywhere governance or any data building up a data strategy for me it will be top down you've got the to get the executive who's doing the governance to buy into your vision yeah so that's because you know for every governance is no different for every project yeah for every initiative we need budget and budget comes through if a person buys into your vision and i think first step here is start talking to people get buy in from the top and see that the executives or the decision makers in the organization align to your vision and uh, second thing for me is uh, data governance should not be a, a siloed function yeah so you know data governance or uh, every organization has a wider business strategy uh, so you know th- that dictates the level of data governance that you implement for example for uh, companies who are like banks and all the most important thing would be risk mitigation compliance and all the uh, apra standards and all the policies and stuff so most of the governance focus should go on the compliance and risk side of things yeah there are other organizations where the you know every organization would need the risk mitigation side but maybe lightweight you know uh, the focus maybe on something called as digital transformation yeah so what that is floated around very easily nowadays right but what when you uh, want to transform an organization digitally that involves your technology your workforce your processes and then your governance focus should be on how to enable those dis- uh, uh, you know those foundations and third one is uh, i have used this in all my roles for mm-hmm. how you get uh, doing governances look at and the problems that the business is trying to solve yeah, because yeah. Um, it's like any other project uh, if you want to get a project off the ground you look at a business case and when you look at a business case um, i normally spend my first one month or two in every role talking to people every people in uh, organization in a different department like be it finance marketing uh, uh, product wherever we talk to them and say what are your current problems okay one of the current problems i hear is i don't know where this data is located i always search for this data and i have to call this xyz person he gives me this data that's a problem how can you solve it you can probably have a good data catalog or a uh, a good place where you have an index of the data and uh, second, another problem i have heard very often is there are this same business term has got 10 numbers across this when somebody is reporting 100 dollars somebody is got 50 dollars somebody yeah. got 70 dollars so your single source of truth is missing from the organization we have a governance solution for it you call it governance but it's more around the data management side how you uh, govern the life cycle of data yeah. so that's another point in there uh, understand the business problems because uh, you know no point doing governance just for sake of governance you need to solve a problem so identify the problem and build your governance solution as such and then you know the buy in and the business acceptance will come last one which i think is data ownership and accountability Mm-hmm. it's it's easy to define what is accountability you know i am accountable or res- accountable for this and there is a person who owns data yes. it's easy to define but my, uh, when you go to a person and say okay i need to do governance you are the owner for this particular piece of data first thing that uh, you need uh, you will be asked most likely i've been asked is <coughs> what does it entail like ownership right it's pretty simple to say yeah. what does it entail for me i would say okay uh, ownership means you'll have to maintain this data be responsible for xyz first thing that will come back and say is we've got other things to do as part of our day job how do i take up another responsibility in yeah. there so use your governance program to create policies procedures and stuff that make it easier for a person like uh, for example we say business glossary it's a very complex term in many organization it's just in excel that's fine it can just be an excel for the person who's actually doing it yeah, for you yeah. in the background you can do technically something very solid taking that excel but put a curtain in front of the person who's doing it he can keep updating that excel he or she can keep updating that excel so that ownership don't make it tedious 
support yeah. them with processes and make it a bit more simple. So that's yeah. that's another way. So those are some of the few uh, tips and tricks that I've used. It's worked. So yeah, that's that's how you get buy-in. One important last thing in there would be, uh, you know, projects are run over a fixed timeline, right? Yeah. And data governance, uh, you just have to recognize in data governance that you are in for the long game. Yeah. Like it's not it's not going to happen. in uh, a project is an agile project in three months, uh, you know, you have got uh, 10 sprints to do it, whatever. Correct. Data governance, you're in for the long game. Uh, if it doesn't happen in two months, plug on another two months, uh, it will happen. Yeah. So, and I was going to say, I think with data governance, uh, like you said, it's not something you can do in, in bite-sized project phases. It is an ongoing continuously improving kind of That's process nice. that, that you have to have. Um, and look, we'll, we'll touch on a little bit around, um, you know, what are the things that you need to sort of consider for it to be successful? But if we talk about organisational maturity, um, and let's just use some of the, the banks, for example, right? So, you know, sing, you know, um, single source of, you know, sort of data, you're, you're trying to achieve that. How would you, how would you go about it in an organisation where, there's so many different streams or there's so much legacy data. What would your approach be with an organization like that? And how would you get to that single source of truth in that kind of situation? Answer is you may not want or you may not need to get to the single source of truth in all stages. So as I said earlier, right, you solve uh, for the problems that you see in front of. Yes. What I would do first is uh, organizational maturity is a, Great starting point. Let me talk a bit about that, right? I normally do a, uh, whenever I go, uh, I do an organizational maturity assessment. And there's a uh, there's a standard curve, which, you know, most of it's there in Gartner, Dharma recommended. So you, it's a scale of, let's say, simple scale. You could tweak it here and there. How do a maturity of zero to five, where it's like, you know, things like non-existent, uh, yeah. um, uh, proactive, automated, and then uh, fully enabled and scaled, whatever. zero yeah. Scale of zero to five, which is growing sideways. Uh, and your solution is based on, uh, and that organizational maturity is not only based on data, it's also based on people. Like what's, it could be an organization with 10,000 people. It could be an organization which is around 400, 500 people. Mm-hmm. Like if you're talking some of the big banks there, they're massive organization. <coughs> so you could solve for things with people. Like you, you could have people in certain roles, like data lineage uh, people, data quality people, yeah. uh, and data stewards. You could have separate roles for everything. But when you go to smaller organizations and have, you know, if your team itself is uh, very uh, small and all teams are very small yeah. and yeah. multiple people are juggling multiple things, there you, you I would use automation. So, you know, I would rely more on tools than people. Uh, so that's that's how I would tweak. And there's no one side, uh, there's no one solution that fits everyone. Yeah. Uh, there's a template. You know, yeah. uh, when I go, wherever we go, we learn from experiences. We've got something set in our head. And if that is like, that is my template, I would pick that template left, right, center to suit wherever I'm working for. You just solve. And one important thing I would do is I would always make it technology agnostic data governance. And I think I think that needs to be done because um, if you're uh, in a governance, I think it's a very business driven discipline. It's at least partnered with business. So I think we should not trip about, I want to do use this governance tool or that governance tool or I want to use technology. Maybe there is an option to build governance solution in-house if you've got a massive team to support you. Maybe you have a, you've got one guy sitting on your team who's next to your desk saying, can't take up too much. And then you just say, okay, let's invest in a tool that just, just automates everything. Yes, so it's, yeah. it's a matter. And single source of truth is, it's a good question. What is single source of truth is? Uh, before single source of truth, uh, you know, Single source of truth depends on sometimes on what a person wo- defines and how the person wants yes, to see yes. it. Uh, and before getting to the single source of truth, you need to define that single source. of That's more important. Anywhere, defining it is the most important. But I think implementing it technically is not a massive challenge. Uh, you get you know you get tools and prior experiences to support it. But having an organization uh, to come together, all the decision makers to come together and agree. Let's let's pick a common metric, right? Customer is a metric for everyone. Mm-hmm. Let's say banks or wherever. Customer is a metric. What's the definition of a customer? Your marketing may have a different view. Finance may have yeah. a different view. Product may have a different view. The key to single source of truth would be bringing them all on board and agreeing what is your single source of truth. That's 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 my 
uh, way of going about it. Yeah. And it it's not it seems very easy, right? Have a one hour meeting and uh, write out the single source of truth. Yeah. Uh, I'm guaranteed uh, minimum it's not going to happen without about two three months of effort. <laughs> and two three months of effort, you're very lucky if you get a single source of truth for all uh, items in your org. That's Definitely. that's some of the spiel of how organization maturity uh, probably varies my governance approach. Yeah, and I think what what I sort of took away from what you just said there is is as well is don't get overwhelmed by the data that you have or the legacy of the data, but approach the situation around governance based on their, what you want to solve moving forward rather than trying to focus on what you could have done, like, like you do with, I suppose, life and general, right? There's no point spending time trying to fix things from before, Absolutely. rather f- utilise what you can, take what you need to from the past and then work work with that. So right, um, yeah, learn, You learn from the past, right? Mistakes happen. All, yeah. Everybody makes mistakes. I would have made mistakes. You would have made mistakes. Yeah. So, yeah, we all learn from them. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Um, and then in terms of, I guess, um, you know, some of the key things that you believe are sort of, you know, important to, to ensure it's successful, what would those... Um, you know, kind of key things be in terms of how you would sort of roll that out. Yeah. So first, uh, uh, okay, let's let's get to a stage where you have got acceptance for your governance mm-hmm. program and people recognize that, yes, you are talking the language. First for me would be with anything, uh, st- start small. You know, don't solve the whole, uh, don't make a roadmap for about three years and say you're going to uh, do something in three years. Uh, because first thing for me is start small and then get some runs on the board. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so uh, you know, you you get some credits. So uh, I, I say the credits that you get in your initial part of your job or your program is the credits that you use for your entire lifetime in your job. Yeah. So start small, pick a, pick a really useful business case for the organization and go to whoever is the sponsor for that and say, this is how I can solve this with uh, a governance solution. Let's say a good, um, you know, governance tool or building up a glossary. How I can solve your problem? If you get one win on the board, uh, get, shout out loud. Yeah. That's another story here, and that's not pertinent to governance. That's my policy with any solution I'm doing. Yeah. You know, in a in a leadership role, in a senior leadership role, you need to be a salesman. Like if something has been done, just sell, sell, and sell. Like this is how we and uh, the sell need not be monetary value. It can be, you know, you can solve for risk, you can solve for people, you can solve for uh, manual uh, stuff that's being done. So there's a lot of say, uh, things that you can solve for. So my first tip, start small, uh, prioritize things. And uh, when you start small, get some wins, those priorities will automatically, you know, people will come to your table to get those priorities done. Yeah. That's that, that's my first feel in this. And uh, I said earlier, uh, governance should not be isolated. Governance yeah. should be part of the overall data strategy. Strategy, yeah. Uh, because you know you, you are not solving for a, a you're not governance is not a technical department again so if your data wants to go in a particular way governance should not be going in the reverse direction uh, you know both have to align and uh, it's as we said earlier it's not a project so it's not a uh, when you say governance uh, you know i don't consider that as a project that ends in 3 months 6 months mm-hmm. the people may vary let's say if i am doing a governance role i may not be the person doing it in six months time or one year time or whatever, you know, people move on, organization structures change. But the governance program, once set in stone, should go on. Yes. And your, da- your data grows over time, right? You get you get data every day. Uh, so as your data grows, you will need your governance program to be um, growing with it as well. And it's not a set and forget exercise. Yes. That's, that's another point. And uh, uh, important one is to, uh, you know, sort of uh, curtain the technical parts. Where some of the governance programs uh, would fail in terms of, especially in terms of data is, you're talking to business people. Yeah. And when you are talking to business people, I don't believe or I don't think they should really be across the technical details. Or sometimes they would say, I don't appreciate really the deep technical level. Yeah. They, would need, they would not need to. I appreciate there's a lot of technical detail that goes in the background. You know, your frameworks, your policies and stuff. But first thing, Try to curtain them as much as you can. But there are a few aspects that need to be transparent. In that case, make them explainable. I I personally would not put anything on the table that I cannot explain myself. Yeah, uh, yeah. E- even in this role, I don't need to go to the technical level. But when my team does some solutions, no, I'm not talking governance, even on my platform, mm-hmm. if something is done, I would normally tell them, saying, send it to me. 
uh, give me a couple of days and you know i'll review as much as i can i would not probably be going to a code level but i would review the concept and if you know somebody comes back hard i would have an explanation so make everything explainable yeah so that you know you have a justification of why you're doing it and who you're doing it for yeah those yeah. are some of yeah some some key things and uh, they've all worked for me and i think we brought this point out briefly right where where should your governance function sit yeah. that yeah. that that would probably um, be a big driver in defining the success yeah yeah so where do you believe it should sit from an ownership point of view uh, so it 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 currently sits in a variety of places so governance uh, many companies have got a chief data officer many don't have uh, i still believe chief data officer is a very evolving concept especially in australia yeah. uh, you still have a concept mostly prevalent of having a cto who's like the technology owner in there or a cio who's the technology owner uh, in there uh, i if if given a choice first thing it should sit in the uh, data office and wherever their data office is yeah. uh, if there is a chief data officer function in there i think governance sits under them um it could sit under a cto but where it becomes a bit challenging is uh, when it sits under a core technology function uh, you know getting the buy in from business becomes a bit challenging and second thing you know there's a lot of technology priorities organizations have a lot of uh, priorities with technology rightly so so sometimes there's a risk of getting this diluted uh, i'm not saying it may not work but uh, I, the preference is it should sit under a data office if there is a chief data officer yes but otherwise that does not need to be a formal uh, role that it needs to sit under somebody who's in charge of data in the organization you know creating data giving data for consumption and producing data outcomes if they have a small governance team under them also that works that works as well another structure is um, in this would probably be applicable for a bigger organization mm-hmm. is uh, if you don't have formal roles leading up data i have seen data governance being supported by a council so you know you could have a data council in there team yeah and data council is not specifically created full time role it comprises of you know uh, experts from let's say different areas of business you would yeah. have business representation in there from all areas you'll have a technology representation you'll have an analytics representation and you'll have a person who sort of coordinates and uh, is accountable for the outcomes that it produces so that that's that's probably a uh, fix where many organizations are going i used to have it in one of the earlier jobs that i used to do so data council but one thing to be careful with a data council or any council is you can have councils as much as you want but then councils should be really producing something useful because you know it can't be a meeting where you have a lot of discussion uh, every month uh, for one hour and then you walk away and say okay we are, what we're producing is we're producing agenda for the next month now yes. so you need to have a clear charter clear set of roles and responsibilities and clear business value attached to it so yes. i think in that way if you don't have a specific role which i think sometimes may be tough right as we said governance does not fly from day one yes let's just start with a, a data council itself that also works so these are some of the options i see but number one if we can have a chief data officer who's looking after all of data that's mm-hmm. it that's my number one solution yeah excellent and look and i know you mentioned there with <coughs> bigger companies you can have um you know a, a team you know a, a council that sort of is responsible for that but that could probably be quite applicable to smaller companies who don't necessarily also have the ability or the budget for the resources where they can make that an initiative where it's a focus and people from different parts of the business or different um you know parts of data come in and start to sort of build that capability yes. in um so i think it's a good way to to do it and i think it's applicable universally to any organization that's correct yeah to ensure that it's a focus because like you said there's no point going in meeting and then the next meeting you're just going through the same things again it needs yeah, to be absolutely. tangible outcome driven you need to set some goals around what you want to do um yeah. and then you know individually take that responsibility excellent Um and in terms of defining and I know you we we touched on this when we caught up um even last week or the week before where you know data data governance is one thing but then enabling that data within that sort of framework is is also very very important. So how do you how would you sort of define I suppose uh, a a data driven culture and you know I suppose you know cultivate it across the across the organization? 
Yeah. It's the buzzword, one of the buzzwords, data-driven culture. So uh, I have, before jumping in and starting talking, I spoke, I've spoken in a few of this, uh, you know, a few of those uh, discussions with some of the, some of my um, uh, recruitment partners, other friends. Uh, I've spoken in some of these meetings, some conferences about cult- data culture. Yeah, what I yeah. did first was I went in and had a read about data culture because I have a view in my mind, what is data culture? One thing I'll tell you what uh, is uh, coming out is there's two types of data cultures. There's either a data-driven culture or a data-informed culture. Mm-hmm. So um, how we, uh, how I understood both to be is data-driven cultures. Every every decision in your organization uh, should be made uh, made based on some evidence of data. And data-informed culture is you make a decision and use data to explain it. Like you've got a, you, let's say you produced a dashboard and somebody questions the number, you say, okay, this is this is how this number came up. But otherwise, you you uh, on the other side, you use you look at your data and just use some you know whatever formulas on it produced. So data informed or uh, data driven is two versions of it. How we get people to be uh, to accept into a data culture is I believe uh, data is for everyone. Like, yeah. There is a myth uh, that uh, data is a, still a pretty technical field. I, I really don't believe so. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, technic- technology enables data, but business and everyone else in the organization consumes it. So first first step in that in that is make data widely accessible uh, within safe limits. So that's where we go back to, a, you know, about 10, 15 minutes ago, we spoke about your uh, offensive side and your defensive side. If your defensive side is solid enough, I can, you know, if you've got a good access foundation and you know who's going to touch your data, if something goes wrong, you can recover yeah. from wherever the logs or somewhere that something has gone wrong. Then you make data accessible to as many people as you like. You know, don't don't make it a blocker to say, okay, if we want to use this data, we need to do this project. So make data widely accessible and let people play around with it and make it an education piece to help them derive value out of it. So accessibility of data being, <coughs> you can call it uh, democratized data. So making data democratized is important. Mm-hmm. And this is a tough one. It really depends on uh, which way the company wants to go. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Data culture grows when business decisions are supported by uh, the actual data assets that you have. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a double-edged sword because, uh, you know, if you go to executives and say, just use the data to do these decisions, they'll say, I don't know uh, how I use it. Uh, that's that's a very valid point. And then you say, second thing would be, I probably don't think this is right. Mm, my, the Excel that I'm using for the last seven years, it's probably more comprehensive. So you have to uh, you have to build the uh, trust in a person who is producing data for the organization. And that's where people will say, okay, and make it easier. Uh, it's like any product in real life, right? If you, if you go and want to, if you go and want to change your TV here, um, you're going to somewhere to buy something else you're obviously going to look for a product that's got something additional to what you're using today. You're not going to saying, okay, I'm going to change it. Let's buy the same product again. So yeah, so you need to offer something more than they are currently getting uh, to get them to accept to uh, using your data for your uh, decision-making. Third thing which I've heard and is, uh, you know, we mentioned data governance is a bit of a tough discipline and people are called a no person is because whenever a project comes in, and I had these experiences, uh, we would say that, okay, the governance guy comes first with a red flag. He'll say, okay, let me spend a month reviewing your uh, reviewing your pipeline, reviewing your uh, projects, whatever. Uh, I think data governance should be non-invasive and adaptive. Those two, two big words into one sentence, but non-invasive is your project delivery and your uh, you know outcome-based delivery, your analytics, your AI, ML can keep going. Yeah. Your governance does not need to interfere and create another stream out of it. I can just have a governance program that you know merges into your program there. Not everything needs to be done on day one. And my approach has been always that. It says, if you're doing a project, okay, you need to create a business glossary to uh, make this data available to common public. Okay, that's fine. We do a business glossary for two domains today. And then uh, you release the first two domains. And yeah. then you, we come back in three months, we visit it how those two domains are going, we expand it. So make it non-invasive and uh, move with what the organization is moving in that same frequency. And you know what, eventually if that does, finally you'll get people coming and saying, let's do some governance. 
let's you know let's bring on the tool finally is probably a and you see it always in your jobs uh, you know you work on a lot of relations and partnerships right when you yeah. go for your data analytics recruitment and stuff uh, data governance also is very much based on partnerships mm-hmm. like you you need the business for uh, you to succeed the business should need the uh, data foundations for them to succeed it has to be a partnership it cannot be a, a you know a traditional model of uh, technology delivering something and business consuming something it, it's partnership both have to come to the table equally you have to invest time effort ip uh, you know there are people in there who know much about the business there are people who know much about the technology but there are cross functional people as well so consider it as a partnership and you know it's not for me it's not for you uh, just invest properly in a partnership culture in the organization excellent excellent these are some of the data culture things it's a new concept but i i quite like the concept uh, yeah. recently Oh, absolutely. And I think um, I think your point on, you know, when uh, you're rolling out a data governance um, program or initiative across the organisation, it shouldn't stop people from achieving the outcomes that they are achieving with their current existing systems. What Absolutely. you're doing should be concurrently building whilst they can still continue to do that, but you're hopefully finding them a solution which is going to create a more efficient um, you know, more, you know, uh, more accurate results down the track. I think, you know, like you said, and that it's working in that partnership that that will get you there. Because if you start telling people you can't do this like this anymore, that's just going to stop them from achieving and yes. doing the job that they do. Um, so I think it's really about the approach. Um, and like you said, it's a, it's more of much more of a consultative approach than a tick box, do this, don't do this, this is how we're going to do it. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Otherwise, if you if you go with that tick box approach, right? Unfortunately, then data governance itself becomes a tick box. Yes, and then yeah. and then then there are chances of you know program being canned or not being accepted. You don't want anything to be a tick box. No, and I also don't want to be recruiting those kind of roles because they sound really boring and dry. So if absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So you know, I think it works hand in hand. Who wants to go in and move from doing exciting stuff that you were doing into a data governance yeah. role where you're, you know, just doing a tick box exercise? So yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. excellent. Um, and just one point that you uh, mentioned earlier, so I just wanted to slightly unpack it without going into. I think that's a topic in itself. But data driven culture and data informed decisions, to me, they sound like they should go hand in hand. But you're saying. I mean, they do. Yes, they do. But so a data-driven culture, just just if you were to explain that in a better sense, a data-driven culture would be an environment that's been created where you've got access to good data. And then a data-informed culture is a culture where the people and the stakeholders are using what you've created to make decisions. Are you saying that at I the think, moment? Uh, I, I think, Reina, it's a... Uh, it's- it's interlinked, right? Absolutely. Yes, what he yes. says, right? But I think it's a journey. It's step one and step two. Okay. Yeah. So for me, I'll give you examples to make it clear. So data, uh, for me, a data-informed culture would be, uh, let's say if uh, there is operations going on through, you know, everybody loves spreadsheets, right? Yeah. So uh, let's say there is a spreadsheet producing something out, uh, some outcomes. And I, I recognize, you know, I really respect spreadsheets. Being yeah. in IT, you cannot not respect spreadsheets. So if there is a number coming out of there and there's a conflict on a spreadsheet number, and if you have an avenue to go back and explain that number, for me, that's being informed by data. Your outcome is informed by data. So once that starts happening, next step is how can you move to a more automated routine saying you don't need to produce a spreadsheet. Uh, Let's say there's a dashboard that services you and the data behind the dashboard is tick, tick, tick. It's signed off by data stewards. So that's that's probably for me is uh, moving from data informed to data driven by data. Right. You know, you you start producing once you get to that stage. You know, there's millions of things they can do. You you start producing, uh, get getting from the analytics stage to getting the, to the predictive stage, and uh, yeah. you know, uh, to what what happens with data to the stage of what will happen with data. So that's that's two stages for me. Data informed moves towards uh, with maturity moves towards a data driven culture, and then ultimately it's if you want to call it utopia is all automation and stuff and yeah. prediction and um, uh, all the advanced results. But that's probably evolution. 
Yeah, excellent. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. As I said, I, I just wanted to sort of get a bit more of an understanding on your views on that. Um, and then I guess sort of going back to the data governance side, um, you talked about it, that it's not a siloed sort of function which exists or a role. How would you sort of link that with the data analytics, um, you know, practices that you've got in an organization? So uh, you uh, you understand first what uh, does data analytics uh, aim to achieve? The data analytics essentially aims to achieve uh, in an org is to provide insights around data, uh, to provide uh, quicker, uh, to facilitate quicker actions for any uh, you know any business problems or business initiatives. Uh, so how can uh, and third thing would be uh, how you know how you support the risk and compliance divisions of a business. That's not really data analytics, but it's a part where governance. So look at all those aspects. Uh, how how data. How, what does a data analytics person need? You've have, you have seen the 80-20 curve, right? What the analytics people do. So, you know, 80% of the time, an analytics person or a reporting person or a, you know, data scientist yeah. try to find the data and 20%. This is not something I have invented, right? It's <laughs> everywhere. You know, the, yeah. if you Google the chart, you'll get it. So, why is that 80% happening? It's because uh, you have to go and start write about 20 queries to produce, find the data you need or to find whatever field you need. An example would be if you have a customer name in there, you know, that name could be called CUST underscore name. What does it mean, man? Mm-hmm. CUST underscore name. Yeah. So what governance would do for you is, uh, in this case, as a specific example, I would write, like to surface the business term of this. So you go somewhere and search, you know, we all speak uh, um, in normal plain English terms. Yeah. If I write whatever I speak, if it produces a result for me, how much time does it save? Like, I don't spend two hours searching for it. An analyst yeah. will not spend two hours searching for it. And on the contrary, what governance does is there's a stream of governance called lineage. Mm. Yeah. You you know where the journey your data traverses. So, you know, uh, where's the data created? Where is it consumed? What are the formulas or the procedures going behind it? If you have a clearly documented view of this is my dashboard element and this is where it comes from. And it comes from is I'm not even talking databases and stuff. This is where it comes from. This is the CRM or this is the... ERP system it comes from or wherever. If you can map out the whole data journey, that's it, right? That's another, you can directly link it to the customer journey. That's some examples. And mm, data governance is a combination of people, process, and technology. So let's talk about the technology bit, right? Uh, Data governance also tells you what technology can um, help you make best use of data. So if, if there are tools in that help your analytics outcomes better, uh, like if you can provide an automated reporting tool, if you can provide an AIML solution, uh, it depends on the organization again is because, uh, you know, um, there may be some spaces which has got a myriad of data scientists who are like really skilled people who love writing code. There may be a space uh, in a company which has got ambitions to go data science and advanced analytics, but the people are sort of, as I call it, citizen data people, you know, business people who know a bit of data then governance can dictate saying what's the best way for them to garner value out of it. And um, yeah, eventually analytics is the process of getting value. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you have got different modules of uh, governance that plug in and accelerate the journey to value. Excellent. Excellent. Well, look, thank you so much for that. I think, um, you know, certainly for me anyway, it's given me a really good understanding because, um, you know, like most people, the moment you mentioned the word governance, you immediately, your mind, goes to compliance and regulatory and all those, you know, interesting um, aspects of um, of governance. But I think there's so much more to it. And, you know, I think you've really helped sort of explain where it fits in and, and how you can make an impact. Because one thing I found throughout, you know, recruiting in this space is that uh, data professionals want to contribute. They want to they want to make a difference, um, and that's usually the motivator of them moving, particularly in a hot market like this, is how are they going to make an impact? So mm-hmm. I think this, you know, certainly this space has so much scope, and I think it's just scratching the surface in terms of, you know, where, where this is. One thing, uh, I, if I may add at the end, right, yeah. this is not related to governance, but no. since you are in recruitment, right, my views around making an impact is I've observed exactly the same. Uh, you know, everybody wants to be... Uh, seeing doing a role which is contributing to something important Mm. so that's you have noticed you know it better than me in recruitment everybody says you know how am i going to impact the business Mm -hmm. so it's it's for me in my teams it's always been important to say that even a person who's in the back end not interacting with the uh, 
with a probably a business stakeholder Content, or somewhere. Yeah, He's a yeah. back end person. Uh, at least you know, give everyone the visibility. Uh, if you're delivering a product, finally, how his role has contributed to that product and how his role has contributed to the business. That I think that keeps the person engaged and also helps create a. You know, obviously helps build uh, careers and stuff. If you start looking at the business aspect, but it keeps the team engaged, engaged and happy. Nothing more than that, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the roles of engineers has evolved so much. Um, I mean, there are some roles which are core, sort of coding and technical, but I think the role of data engineers particularly has evolved so much where they're, they're required to be so much more involved in the process. Yeah. Um, and, and that's come down to people wanting to be, to feel like they're contributing and being engaged and feeling like they have an opportunity to be part of what they're developing as opposed yeah. to just being told. Because um, quite often these people can, you know, these guys or ladies can come up with some really good ideas around different ways of doing it, which, you know, at the front end, you've not really considered. Yeah. So, excellent. And I suppose if we if we talk about building a career in data governance or being successful in data governance, what would um, what would your sort of advice be around there in, in terms of the skill sets to help build that up? Okay, so... That's a, that's a hot question, right? Uh, because the career in data is what... Uh, there's a lot of roles out there at the moment. Yeah. So some of the... Uh, one of the things uh, really important in this is, you know, I would say technical skill yeah, is a no-brainer. We'll say there are there is a PDU aligned to technical skills. But my view of the world is technical skills, as you heard in the earlier conversation, right? I like to be technology agnostic. Uh, one of the first skills for me is to be a good communicator. Because as we mentioned earlier, anything with uh, data is a lot about communicating with business. Uh, so it's a two-way journey. You understand the problem and you have a way to... Somebody tells you the problem, does not tell you the solution. But if you don't grab the essence of the problem and you're going to have hurdles during your work, uh, you know, be it governance, be it any data engineering analytics role. So communication is my number one key for this. And second thing would be, uh, we have said all... You know, data analytics is a program. Data governance is a longer program. So to have a strategic view. Too often you have people going in the first month and I've had experiences. Some guys in my team coming to me and say, what do you think I'm providing enough value in here in, in the first month? And I always tell them saying, you know, you recruit not for the one month immediate value. I look at you from a program piece of work uh, saying we are delivering this in the next one year. How are you going to contribute stepwise to this? So have a strategic view and be patient. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, don't think that you're going to write a piece of code and that's it, you're done and dusted. Uh, just look at the longer uh, approach. So communication being uh, strategic. And even though it's not a leadership role, right? I think being a thought leader is important in this. Obviously, it's uh, it's probably not relevant for, you know, you have got people coming in different parts of their career, mm -hmm. you know, um, starter roles or mid-level, a bit senior. But even if it's not an official leadership role, uh, you you work in an organization, you just don't do, go top down. And there is an organization where you go sideways as well. Uh, you know, you influ your main success is going to be when I as a leader can influence the uh, upper areas. But you need to be able to, one key skill is you need to be able to collaborate sideways and manage up. You know, manage up, I always tell the guys, is the, manage up is important because you never want to be managed down. Yeah. So I learned this from one of the, one of my leaders who I worked with, uh, you know, when I was aspiring for different roles, we used to have conversations. Said one of the key things you need to learn uh, is you never want to be managed down. Yeah. So yes. to avoid that, you want to manage up, uh, and you know, you just need to know the way to communicate uh, up and down because you speak totally different languages. Yeah. Yeah. And your personality is is important. Uh, I think it's important to be, uh, you know, flexible. So mm -hmm. you need to be speaking, I would say, three languages in a day. You're speaking uh, technical to your team. You're speaking business to another person who's in business. And if you're if you're even recruiting roles, I'm probably speaking a different language to you. Yeah. So you need to switch between uh, uh, your facets. Next one is a technical skill. Yes. So, you know, technical skill is not probably the last one, but it's uh, in these uh, data aspects, I think it's an overrated one. Like, you know, if you just want to get data into a platform, it's a no-brainer. Like there yeah, are yeah. enough people with skill sets to get data. Uh, that's not data engineer. Yeah. Data engineer is really an engineer, right? Who makes data available. So technical skills are very, very important. 
but you need to know uh, how to use it, where to use it and stuff. And important to say, mm, you know, uh, be technology agnostic. Yes. From my experience, when I when I went in for this role, I had done a big GCP program earlier, Google Cloud. Yeah. And one of the questions that came in was, you know, this is all your space is going to be run in AWS, you know, AWS and stuff. I said, I, first, my simple answer was, I said, I don't mind. AWS, yeah. AWS give me Azure. Uh, you know, my skill set is here is to guide a team and make a program successful and create a data organization. So you, you know, I don't mind being the technology being whatever. So I think it's an open mind. Uh, uh, when my friends ask me about careers, one advice always I've given them, said, oh, should I go and take a certification in AWS GCP? Mm-hmm. I said, do one thing, do, do a certification in wherever, but focus on your domain not the technology say i am a data engineer or a you know a governance person and then i'm a leader or an architect don't say i'm a leader in gcp or leader in aws i I don't want to hear that i just want to hear the domain that you're so that's very simple advice look at the domain not the technology yeah yeah definitely and i think um i think a lot of organizations and you know smart leaders are realizing that doesn't matter what cloud technology you have um, or what technology it's how you approach things it's your you know how you think about things and your your ability to make use of the environment you're in Absolutely. And and creating that. Um, when when it comes to data <laughs> governance, though, do you believe, Sandy, that you do you do need a bit of a background and have worked in some roles to be able to get to that stage? It's not, for example, it's not a role where you can go in and be a data analyst or start off as a junior engineer where there's building steps. Do you believe that you do require a little bit of knowledge before you can start to understand what's required and then make an impact? I think it's very minimal. Uh, I would, a person who knows data um, is, uh, I've recruited people in the past who said, I have not done governance, but I've done architecture and data warehousing. I have an appreciation for governance. Uh, And, you know, those guys have turned out to be one of the best people who work for me. Uh, So you don't need an exact governance background, but I would still say you need a data background. A data background. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I think you need to have that knowledge and that background. Of the, and, the, and the gold would be, absolute gold would be uh, if there is a person who knows the data lifecycle. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. A to Z, where data comes in, where data goes out, yeah, and the yeah. fair touch points. But you need a bit of data background. You know what? Uh, we can, if you give me a person who's an absolute starter, uh, <laughs> I can make it work. Like, you know, <laughs> you yeah. can, definitely you can make it work. It's a fresh mind. And uh, so it depends on the stage of your career. But very simple summary, I would prefer someone who at least has a data background. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Sandeep. It's been a really, really interesting discussion and I've really um, you know, enjoyed learning about this, uh, this space and your views on that. Was there anything else that you wanted to share with the listeners? No, that's, that's um, basically it. But uh, thanks, Rina, for the opportunity and I look forward to some more of such discussions. Let's bring more interesting topics. It's been a really good one hour. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And if any of the listeners wanted to reach out to any of your peers in the industry just to bounce some ideas, because this I know this is something which is um, a focus for organizations. Are you happy for them to reach out to you through LinkedIn? Oh, yeah, 100%. I am quite active on LinkedIn. I tend to nowadays say that I use uh, more than any other social media, I use LinkedIn. So definitely happy to connect. More connections are better. Excellent. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks a lot.